This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. I'm your host, Emily Donahue. Welcome. Western sanctions that launched after Russian President Vladimir Putin sent Russian troops to invade Ukraine have taken a deep bite out of Russia's economy. Sanctions did not target Russian natural gas exports, and now Russia's demanding that European customers use rubles to pay for gas imports. Why? Well, that's what I'm about to ask Matthew Bay. He's Rain's senior global analyst. Welcome back to the podcast, Matthew. Oh, thank you, Emily. What is Russia trying to achieve with this demand? Right. So Russia's argument is that because um, the United States, the European Union and other Western countries have um, put into place sanctions that are targeting the uh, Russian central bank, Russia's access to, to foreign currency and Russia's access to its own foreign reserves that are held outside of Russia. Um, they're basically saying that if you're able to do this, then I want to be able to um, not transact in dollars when I'm selling my natural gas abroad. So they're looking at, one, trying to find alternatives to, to accepting, uh, accepting euros in this case for the most part. Um, and then two, it's also going to drive demand for um, the ruble. Um, the ruble, of course, has been uh, shedded as you know, companies are leaving um, Russia. Um, a lot of investors don't expect you know, the Russian economy to you know, bounce back anytime soon. Um, this has all led to you know, a decline in the, the value of the ruble. Um, by forcing um, European customers to pay for, for gas and rubles, they would essentially be um, inflating, uh, artificially inflating the demand for rubles as, uh, as these companies try to pay for the natural gas uh, in rubles instead of in euros. Matthew, how are European governments and companies responding to the demand that payments be made in rubles? Yeah, so the problem here from Russia's perspective is that in many of the long-term natural gas contracts, um, the specific way that a payment is handled is going to be explicitly written in the contract. And in many cases, this is um, this is written to be euros when we're talking about pipeline natural gas exports to to um, to the EU. Um, so from the European perspective, they're making the argument that, you know, the contracts have to be respected. Um, there would be, you know, if you, you know, deny um, natural gas supplies uh, to any customers that are trying to pay in, in euros, um, that would be, you know, a breaking of the contract. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not room for negotiation. Um, um, the Some European companies, you know, they can make the legitimate argument that, well, paying in rubles, which is now, you know, sinking in value, that's actually better for me. It's a cheaper currency. It's it's not as valuable as the euro. So in some cases, it's actually better for me to pay for it in, in, in Russia's currency. Um, however, um, there are going to be negotiations around this. There are actually negotiations around this issue. Um, for example, um, from a readout of a call between uh, the German chancellor and Russian President uh, Putin um, from uh, March 30th, basically said that... Um, there was at least one decision or, or, or one mechanism where uh, Russia had been willing, will be willing to accept dollars, or, or sorry, where Russia will be willing to accept euros that are deposited into Gazprom Bank, which is not subject to, to Western sanctions, um, and or they would be setting up some sort of a, a, a ruble euro swap. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, negotiations around this. At the end of the day, it's probably going to be a bluff. I mean, earlier in March, Russia had threatened to not pay pay any of its um, any of its debt payments in, in, in dollars and said we'll pay them in rubles, but at the end of the day they actually did it. So so ultimately we might see some sort of a settlement. Um, I don't think that really Russia uh, really wants to cut off natural gas supplies to to 
um, to Europe because it is such a, an important part of their economy. It's important, critical for Gazprom. Um, and at the same time, that would also only escalate things further with the West, leading to more sanctions, all of these other things that we've been talking about you know, on previous podcasts. So I do think there is room for a negotiation. But still, we can't really discount the possibility that these negotiations could fall apart. Well, what happens if there's no agreement over paying in rubles? Yeah, so it is possible then that Russia would try to say that if there's no payments at all, well, then that is the European clients, you know, breaking the contract and they could, you know, withhold natural gas exports to certain parts of Europe and or all of Europe and or, of course, certain specific companies uh, that are, you know, their clients. Um, that could have a, a, a drastic impact on natural gas availability within the European Union, causing you know, a knock-on effect to economic growth, etc. Um, when you look at many of the, especially Central and Eastern European countries, a lot of them are very highly dependent on Russian natural gas, and they really don't have a ton of alternatives. Um, for example, um, Germany, um, it imports a little bit more than half, half of its natural gas imports um, come from Russia. Um, when we talk about Germany's scale um, overall in terms of the natural gas that it consumes, we're talking about if they can no longer get Russian gas, they would basically be having to replace over the course of a year um, 50 billion cubic meters of, of natural gas imports. There's just not a lot of you know alternatives really when you talk about that scale on the global market. So we are talking about you know significant escalation of prices. Um, this will drive even more inflation in the European Union. Um, the natural gas price would also increase. Uh, beyond um, Europe, LNG prices in Asia would go up, etc. So continue to, to drive um, energy inflation globally and all the things that you know come associated with that, whether they be rising fuel prices, undermining economic growth, protests among populations that are struggling to make payments on things like gasoline, fuel, etc. Natural gas is, of course, critical for industrial purposes when it comes to power generation in much of the world. That means that Electricity prices could also go up, which then, you know, has a feedback loop of, of course, affecting um, all kinds of goods that are being produced, not just, you know, energy, of course. Um, so we are talking about something that could trigger, you know, an economic slowdown, particularly in Europe. But, you know, coupled with the rising energy prices that we've seen just connected to the conflict itself beyond this, um, it is going to be things that really does exacerbate, you know, economic and financial challenges across the world, to be honest. Matthew Bay is the Senior Global Analyst at RAIN. Thank you for that, Matthew. Thank you, Emily. His work appears in RAIN Worldview. Visit stratfor.com to subscribe. Right now we have a really great subscription price. Learn about it at stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thank you.